Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are wrapping up Mistborn, the Hero of Ages, the third book in the trilogy, with chapters 79, 80, 81, 82, and the epilogue. So everything that was left. Wherein stuff happens. Vince doing her god thing. Conpar sucks, as usual. Then uh, all the Condra commits suicide. Which I, I I think we knew was going to happen at some point since it was such a big deal in the last section, and uh, then Ellen has a pretty badass last stand. Marsh shows back up, and the world ends. So I'm Data, and with me is Jamie, Jack, and Joe. So yeah, let's get into these the end of this book. Hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Of steel and stone crumble to dust. The foundations of our hope begin to rust. Choking fear, screaming sound as a reaper comes to ground. You turn to face it down because you must. And when the world starts to burn at the point of no So yeah, we're we're, we're we're done. Shockingly, what did you guys think of the end of the trilogy? So wow, I mean, it's always fun to actually finish the book and to actually get us to the end of the trilogy is pretty awesome. Part of me never thought this day would come. I hate it. <laughs> so it's yay, celebrations all around. I. I think we we had a better idea of where things were going. There were still some surprises in these chapters, but I think, yeah, we, we, we sort of yeah had a much better idea of how things were going to wrap up this time. I'm pretty pleased that the world did end. Didn't see it coming <laughs> back. Little things like that. <laughs> Definitely I didn't see Ellen dying, but I, I loved that they used up all the Adium and to sort of defeat all the Colos and they – had pretty much given up. It was like, you know what? We're just we're just going to use this. You want it? You can't have it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, so I thought that was pretty cool. I'm sad that we kind of didn't get to see Tensoon reunite with Vin. Oh, I know, right? That was that was pretty sad. And when they all pulled their uh, spikes out, I was like, no, but but, but surely not Tensoon. Surely he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> surely not. And we just never saw him again. And I was like, oh. That's pretty sad. And, and and sort of framing up Spook to be the next leader. I was like, ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> but I, I actually had a few moments in this book where I felt a bit emotional when, when they sort of came out of their cabins at the end and a bit weird that they all ended up in the same place, but they explained it, I guess, in, or Saze explained it. Saze was the hero of ages. Yeah, who knew? Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad we were right. <laughs> Kept us guessing till the last minute, which we knew. But when they came out and there was all the, the green grass and the flowers and everything and the blue sky, and I was just like a bit emotional about it. I was like, you guys could finally got this beautiful world. It's finally fixed. So, <laughs> But I liked it. I thought it was a good way to, to wrap it up and kind of leaves it open to something being able to happen there in the future. But, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good ending. Yeah, it really does. I mean, 
you guys thought this whole book that Sazed was the hero, but at the point J- where Jay Vin was calling it last book, she was. It's true. At the point where Vin becomes a god, you kind of have to be like, hmm, well, okay, maybe I was wrong. Uh, this seems like a pretty good indicator that Vin uh, might be. But no, you guys, you guys had it nailed. And I was a bit like, oh, and then Ellen started proclaiming himself as a god because he touched the power of ruin, I guess. And I was like, nah, nah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> How many gods have we got running around that are all the hero of ages? Mm, nah. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a really good ending. I was very happy with it. There were a few things that I wasn't quite on board with. Like I agree, I think Ten Soon's ending was a bit abrupt, and I don't think he really accomplished much. I thought, oh, kind of a it's not quite a Dachshund level waste from the last book, but it's still kind of didn't really, once he got out of the Kandra homeland in the first third of the book, he didn't really do much. He wore Kelsey's bones in Luthadel, and then he brought Says back to the Kandra homeland, and then he. Didn't really do much. Sort of just, it was kind of just there. Like, so it was fun. I like, but I, I wish, I wish there could have been more of a moment for Ten Soon at the end, rather than just like the, you know, the like, no, no, can't kill my friend, gonna commit suicide instead bit. Because that was just, yeah, it was just very, very abrupt there. Ellen and Marsh's fight was intense. Like, genuinely had no idea where it was going, and then when it ended, I was just like, oh shit, okay. So that that was really cool. There are a couple of other little minor flaws here and there. That I, for the life of me, I can't recall now, but because honestly, I, I will forgive a lot for the way that Says was the hero and how he saved the planet and how he used all his previous religions to actually say, like, you know, say, all right, so these are the stars, so the planet's got to go here. This is what everything looked like, uh, the colors and the hues and the plants and everything. So that's how I'll make that. And I thought, oh, that was brilliant. That was really well done. Like, all those little hints from the religions he'd been preaching all the way through the trilogy made like informed how he saved the planet. I thought that mm. was very clever. I loved that. That was probably the, my favorite part of this ending. I thought that was just, that was excellent. I loved it. And I, I don't know if we're meant to do this because this is the end of the trilogy and all, but uh, I have a prediction at the end. So okay, um, we'll do, do like a little informal predicament section at the end. I don't know if the other two have anything, but I got something and it's a doozy. So I'm looking forward to bringing that one out. Okay. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to have to – it's just tradition at this point. We have to do some sort of predicaments. I was going to ask a couple specific questions when we get there, but if you guys have additional stuff, then that works. But I agree with you that it's that Tenson's story is kind of sad because he spends the whole time running around trying to find Vin and then never does. So yeah. it's like, oh, you poor poor guy. It just like He doesn't seem to accomplish that much at all. Like the biggest thing he accomplishes at the end of the book is getting sazed out of jail. Yep, that was kind of important. Yeah. But I, I guess mean, he, he, he's the one who gets saved safe. to the homeland in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. So like that. That's it. He like once he once he got out of the Cantor homeland, he was basically a glorified taxi service. He got the people from Luthadel into the uh, into the pits, and he got saved to the homeland, and then he got saved out of jail, and so and then he's dead. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think he's a fascinating character. He's probably one of the best characters of the trilogy. I think. Yeah. Love Tensoon. So yeah, it's the end. Man, it's a rough one. So there are some things that I liked, and there are a lot of things I did not like. So we'll start with things that I liked. Really liked Sazed, how he became the hero. That was kind of a cool idea. Makes sense, given what we know about uh, the yin-yang push-pull powers. Really, I agree with Dak. The book stuff, you know, he, he had all those metal mines. He dumped it in so that he would know 
based on all these religions, how the world used to be, which made him basically able to recreate it. Very cool, very good idea that had seeds all the way through all three books. So it's very nice that it was tied up uh, in a bow like that. That was really that was really pretty cool. You know what? <laughs> that may be the only thing I liked. <laughs> <laughs> Most everything else I did not like. I'm a big fan of somebody getting a happy ending. And I feel like some of our characters did, but the characters we cared about the most did not. So that kind of sucked. Ellen being decapitated, I was just kind of like, I had to read that a few times. Be like, wait, what? Okay. Well, he's dead. That's great. And then Vin, you know, killing herself to destroy Ruin. I'm like, okay, that's uh, that's great. And, oh boy, uh, everybody was trying to get me on the spook train, I guess, because of the ending of this book. Wow, if I could have, <laughs> if I could have wished for anything in this trilogy not to happen, it would be <laughs> that Spook be left in charge of everybody in the whole world. Uh, that that was just like, hey, you spent literally over a year reading through this trilogy. Here, how about a kick in the dick right at the end? <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't tell you how many people emailed. They're like, man, I can't wait to see to get to see Joe's reaction when Spook is in charge. Yeah. So people, remember, remember the first book how Joe reacted yeah, exactly. when Ellen got the kingship out of yes. nowhere? Yes, that is exactly what I was thinking, Deck. I was like, man, remember when I was upset that Ellen was in charge? But then Ellen oh, turned man. out to be good at it, right? So, sure. You know. Yeah, whatever. Eventually. Yeah. And like, then, like... like the stupid little cherry on top. Oh, by the way, I made you a Mistborn. Hope you enjoy that. Like, shut up, Saze. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I'm I'm being critical because I'm, you know, I think it's fun, and also because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm being honest. I don't like some of the, a lot of the stuff that happened at the end. But at the same time, um, what I, what what ultimately matters for me when I finish a book is does it is the end satisfying. And I would say that it is, it would have been, I would have felt better at the end if things had, had happened differently, but I was satisfied with the conclusion of this final empire ruin stuff. And I'm excited because if this is, if there are other series that kind of world build, I think we have a lot of juicy knowledge nuggets at the end of this book for what could possibly happen later. And so I'm excited to see kind of how this story ties in with the larger universe that Mr. Sanderson is building or has built. Uh, I think I'm more excited for the possibilities going forward than I am for having finished this portion. I think the, the possibilities, the opportunities that this trilogy has created are more intriguing than the story itself so overall i'd say this was an enjoyable experience and i've got a rating out of 10 that i decided to give the book but i'll wait till the end to do that the trilogy rather okay that, that that's fair i think so as as we're going forward now that we've seen kind of how this one trilogy went most of what we'll read is yeah most of it it's kind of like this where it's like there's this story and there may be some hints about like what's happening beyond that story, but there's not much crossover between each one. Secret History, which we're reading next, is kind of the exception where it's like the biggest peek behind the curtain that we get 
so far in the Cosmere, about like the story behind the story. So if that's the part that you're interested oh. in, the, us reading that yeah. next uh, will be good for that. Well, um, I guess if there's not much crossover, I quit right now. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think, I don't usually do this, but just my opinion on this trilogy, since everyone uh, is is going through that, I really love the ending. I feel like it wraps things up as neatly as anything that I've ever read. Like it, it's, it's so well put together and so well foreshadowed that I like all, I, I really enjoy the ending of this trilogy. Not to mention that like the first time I read it, Ellen and Vin dying was like, Oh, I love these characters so much. No, it was very impactful for me. So I, uh, I'm a big fan of this. And there's something I like, I thought when I first read it and, and funnily enough, when my wife read it, cause I made her read these like a long time ago, it was like, <laughs> They should, we both were like, why couldn't they live? Like, come on, Ellen and Vin didn't have to die. But the the longer, the more, the more I've reread this series, and the the longer it's been since that first reaction, the more I'm like, you know what? I think it fits. It's like a very elegant ending. And I'm honestly not sure how well Vin would have done in the world that's like to come, because she's not really a. Uh, I don't feel like she's like a starting over in the wilderness type of person. She is a cities and stalking the night and uh, fighting other people type of person, which is not going to be much called for in this new world, I wouldn't think. At least not initially. Also, just thematically, it's like she was the heir of the survivor. She like he gave his life for the cause. It makes sense that eventually she would, too. So, yeah, it makes sense. I think that it. it I th- yeah, I think it works well. You guys are full of horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's get into these chapters. It's all right. This uh, is all live in Mist Heaven or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's like, they're very happy where they are. Shut up, Sage. You didn't talk to them. They're dead. <laughs> I, kind of like, I kind of like the idea that, that either way they're together. Like one of them doesn't have to survive without the other. So I like, I like that. But I agree. I like that. He, you know, if Sage really was able to communicate with the souls of Ellen and Vin, I like to think that he also is reunited somewhat with Tindwell. Yeah, right. I mean, it yeah. is it's it's nice that, be, you know, if one of them's gone, that the other one is now with that person. Yes, I agree in that sense. Uh, but and maybe it's because it's very fresh for me, but I'm still I, you know, my initial reaction is what data said his and his wife's initial reaction is it's like they, they didn't have to die. That wasn't necessary yeah, to the story. It's in so my sad, though. I think I think the impact of it by itself, like it, it hit me like a gut punch when you read the end and it's like yeah i i i i fixed their bodies but apparently that doesn't put them back so they're gone now yeah although i had some hope in there that because he's like you know i'm sure i'll get better at this and i was like oh is this gonna be like a once in future king type of thing where it's like ellen is like arthur in the future and they're like oh he'll come back when he's needed most when says figures out how to work that yeah i mean and it wasn't and i guess like for me it wasn't a gut punch it was like huh what's happening now he's dead and then huh what's happening now she's dead like i'm not even i wasn't even in an emotional place to to like to feel it emotionally i'm just like well this is just confusing i think it makes perfect sense for vin in the like how else are you going to beat ruin like that was the only way that part right. makes sense. yeah yeah no i i mean i and when i say confusing i mean like not that it doesn't make sense in the story i say confusing as to like why did this happen come on really 
But yeah, that's it's one thing that I, th- this whole time I've been kind of bringing home. It's like we still don't know how we're going to beat Ruin. We have no plan for beating Ruin. Even after Vin becomes a god, it's like, what are we gonna? How 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 to how do fix this? And so that was the only way. You needed equal power to cancel him out. Anyway, sorry. Let's let's get into. We'll we'll take it a step at a time here. The first epigraph is like the longest one ever. I feel like, and I might be wrong, but. It's, yeah. it's like well, I'll, I'll tell you, it took me a yeah, it took me a really long time to write it out in hand, <laughs> and uh, I think it, it took me like a whole legal pad page to uh, to fit. So yeah, Jesus. Also, but, it's probably helpful because like there's no like unlike the others, there's no document in this one like cataloging the whole thing in the end. Yeah, no, we don't get to read the whole thing like in a row. I don't think we got to read the whole thing in a row in the first one either because it was a big ass book, but. Eh. Maybe not, but there were still like massive chunks of it spread throughout. Yeah, as opposed to just the epigraphs. So that's true. I feel like with this book, I would really love to sit down and read the epigraphs from start to finish. Like that would be really cool. But I think in the first couple of books, we really needed it because things were out of order, and then things had been changed in the second book. So we really needed that. But like the information that we were given in this book in the epigraphs was almost directly related to whatever was happening at the time mm-hmm, so yeah. we were able to sort of take on this information and go okay yep I've, I've sort of built that that piece together or that's confirmed what we already knew and so it's sort of building a big picture as we went but i don't feel like we needed it as much this time yeah there, there wasn't as much there, there's not like a mystery related to it or anything like that in this case except for obviously who is the hero of ages but other than that so says this like I think the mists were searching for someone to become a new host for them. The power needs a consciousness to direct it, although I don't understand why. He's like it seems kind of weird that the power needs that, but whatever. And so it's like that makes me wonder like where those minds came from in the first place that were already attached to them, but whatever. Preservation chose someone to become their host, so he chose Vin, I guess, uh, well beforehand. But Ruin immediately seized onto her and got his spike in there. And then he just points out what we already know, where it's like, yeah, the three times she drew on the mist were when her earring was out. So thanks for catching us up on that. By the end, the mist, after preservation was completely gone, the mist were pretty much desperate to get into somebody, apparently. So, And then we get Vin. She's sitting there contemplating the world from her godhood. And she's like, wait, something's happening. And we zoom in on stupid fucking Conpar handing a bag of Adium to another conjurer. Like, here, take this and sell it. Then we'll be rich, rich, I tell you, and mankind will serve us. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know how that was going to work for him, but sure. Well, he still doesn't. I, I, I get the feeling Kampar still hasn't been outside, so he still doesn't think the world is ending. So he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, humans love Adium. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, I thought the whole book, the, the way he was acting, I was like, he's clearly full of shit. He's just trying to hold on to power by pretending that none of this is happening. But this legitimately makes it seem like he has no idea and no care for what's going on, which is just sad. Like, no wonder you're not a good leader. Well, it's like he has no care for what's going on, but he's still trying to take control of the situation anyway. And it's like, how do you how badly do you fuck this up? Yes, I'm going to be in charge, but I'm not going to go outside and see what's actually happening. What? How is that ever going to work for you? <laughs> yeah, no wonder he's single. I want to know how he even pictures this working. Like, this guy takes a bag of Adium, which, that's a lot of money. So, this guy's going to leave with a bag of Adium and come back, like, carrying a giant chest full of gold? Or, like, what what are you going to do with that gold, Conpar? He he says weapons and supplies, so. 
Mm. Yeah, I guess he's going to make some kind of kingdom with supplies and weapons and an army of Chondra. Yeah. But seeing the the Adium and the Chondra are enough for Vin to start putting stuff together, and she figures out, partly, I guess, from the knowledge that this power has that she's carrying now, but she can kind of see what's like, oh my gosh, now I get it. And now the Lord Ruler's final words make, make even more sense. You don't know what I do. And she's like, I didn't. Thank you, Lord Ruler. Which I still wouldn't be thanking him. That guy was an asshole, but whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's he's done. He did some good things. He was trying to save the world. I get that. Still a massive asshole. <laughs> yep. But unfortunately, Ruin sees it too. And then he's like, hey, so Contra guy. And he starts talking to Conpar. And Conpar's like, wait, who, what? Who's this? Why are you in my head? He's like, I am God, and now you are mine. Meanwhile, Ellen shows up at the pits. And he's There's a guard. He's like, hey, wait, I know you. You're from my army. And it turns out that uh, Damu and his, like, 300 dudes ended up here, which makes sense, I guess. And we cut back to Sazed and the first generation, like, strolling out. And Sazed is surprised that everyone recognizes the first generation. But he's like, oh, I guess even if the con the first generation only comes out once every hundred years, most of these conjure have seen them several times because Condra are really old. So yeah. Okay. And then Tensoon's like, dude, something weird's going on. And says so like, what do you mean? And then Tensoon attacks him and starts choking him. And he's like, dude, something is wrong here. I don't understand why I'm killing you. <laughs> yeah. I like says, I like says is like, you don't have to tell me, man. Yeah. <laughs> it wants me to kill you. You're doing that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, thank God he had enough ability to be able to actually tell Sazed that it was, something was wrong. I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not in control of myself. Like, right. at least it was that and it wasn't Sazed just going, oh, well, Tensoon's dead. Someone's consumed him and, you know, oh. taken the body over. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Tensoon <laughs> took another conjurer's body as a spy and then someone could have been like a triple spy by impersonating yeah. Tensoon impersonating someone. Yeah. That, that's messed up. Yeah. Quadruple yeah. spy. But I no conjurer's supposed to kill a human, so. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, not yeah. Conpar, I don't know. I guess he was just going to threaten humans. Uh, yeah. Without ever actually doing anything. <laughs> that's a good yeah. I don't think yeah. Conpar took the contract very seriously. Yeah. I don't think he thought a lot of things through either because he was really just like, didn't. hey, let's put this man in a in a cage, in a holding cell that we created for ourselves. He's just going to crouch down all day. Then we're just going to pour water on top of him. He'll survive. Yeah. Humans just need water, right? Yeah. Humans are like plants. They need water, maybe some sunlight. They're underground. There is no sunlight. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Also, with this whole Tensoon choking saves thing, it's like only because we know what Ruin does and how it works with the hemology that this that this actually makes us think, oh yeah, Tensoon's actually not in control. Can you imagine this working in any other work of fiction where like someone starts choking someone else just going, oh dude, it's not me. Something's taking <laughs> control. I don't know why I'm doing this. I feel like there, there, there's something else where that happens. I can't I can't think mm. what it is. I, I feel it seems familiar. But the first generation is like, oh, okay, nope, this is it. That thing we've been waiting for, this this seems to be the thing. So Hot Deck yells out, the resolution has come. And then uh, Say sees Tensoon, like, release him with one hand while the other hand continues choking him and, like, reach for his spikes. And then he blacks out. And honestly, it could be this is why this feels so abrupt. It's just because, like, in all these chapters we're reading, Tensoon shows up for a page before committing mm -hmm. suicide. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we'd read this chapter last time, it wouldn't feel quite as, oh, shit, that happened. But yeah. Who, who knows? 
Yeah, it was all over. And so, uh, and but I, I like that this epigraph brings us back to this thing that we talked about several times, where it's like the Contra always said they were of preservation and the others were of ruin, but they had hemallergic spikes. So it's like, was their claim then simple delusion? No, I think not. So Sace is like, I think the Lord Ruler made them not as spies on like other people, but as like double agents against ruin. So they collect all those adium and ruin thinks that anytime he wants he can go and take control of the conjure if he feels like it but just at the moment that he was gonna take them and get his prize they switch sides well switch sides by killing themselves and denied him his prize they were of preservation all along so that's kind of nice kind of a stretch but i see where he's coming from speculation at best but you know well yeah there's no way to know the lord ruler is the only one who really would know and it's like, that guy was a colossal fuck-up at saving the world, like, moving the planet and shit like that. So it's like, yeah. all right, yeah, he he has some good plans, but let's not give him too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it, it, it comes up in in this next section, but it's just, we talked about the resolution, and even after we found out what the resolution was, where it's like, oh, they all have to kill themselves when the first generation tells them to. It never occurred to me until it's mentioned later that's like, Oh, obviously all of the Conjure wouldn't be, like, within earshot when the first generation decides it's time for the resolution. So this was very poorly planned out. Like, you didn't tell everyone that you'll know when. You told all these other people, like, when the first generation tells you, then you gotta do it. They panicked. But yeah, that, it's the Lord Ruler's plans. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess some of them did know, because, I mean, Tenson said, like, hey, the signs appear as if the resolution is coming. So mm. it does sound like the contract were taught the tenets of what to look for for the resolution. But yeah, I agree. It's poorly planned because, I mean, any condor that's not like right there in that room may not immediately figure out, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to kill myself now. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me do that. <laughs> uh, they, they, they might because um, like the whole reason Kanpa let a let an uprising was because the first like publicly told everyone yeah resolution's coming soon get ready uh, and so, that's a good like, point yeah and, and rumors spread throughout the homeland so even if you got that one conjurer who was just in the loo and then he comes out and sees <laughs> everyone around him turning into into mist rates he's like oh oh shit i gotta get on that Blop. yeah yeah but so i missed ma- my cue <laughs> yeah. well we were kind of ragging on him earlier like you're just gonna be like oh by the way we might have to kill ourselves soon bye but I, I mean, from that perspective, it, that was a good idea to get everybody yeah, get yeah. the word out. Yeah, like, that would really suck if you were in the middle of like some some minging old meat, you know, some, like <laughs> really well aged, delicious rotting meat, and then you're like, oh man, aged I have meat. to stop. Eating. Yeah, meat. yeah, I have to stop eating this uh, delicious wugu beef or whatever to <laughs> kill myself. Well, once you're a mistrate, you could still eat it, I guess. You just can't enjoy it the same way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not pleasurable. You know how it is. You like you get you get to work. You sit like you just started your shift. Everyone around you starts killing themselves, and you're just like, I just sat down. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, okay, so we cut back to Ellen, and he meets up with Damu, and Damu's kind of giving him the rundown of what's been going on. And there there's a moment where a terrorist woman comes up and gives Ellen and Damu some tea, and it's like her eyes lingered fondly on Damu, and he thanked her by name. And in the annotations, yeah. it's like. Yes, this is the girlfriend that I promised uh, my friend that his character would get. <laughs> what? Because if you remember, when we first found out that Damu was named after one of his friends, the guy was like, yeah, you can name it after me, but he has to, like, get a girl, and he has to not, and he has to, like, live through the, the series. 
So Brandon had to squeeze a little like couple sentences in somewhere towards the end about this girl. Yeah. That, like, Damon. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they talk about her later too. Yeah, she gets talked. She 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 she's there later, but she hangs her up. first appearance. And then they they talk about you know Penrod started this house war basically, but also Kelsier appeared to these two guys, and so they, Ellen's like, okay, I'm gonna question these guys because that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's another thing that bothered me. It's never addressed because they don't have time. It's like he talks to him about it, and he's like, I don't know if I believe this. And then it's like, oh, it's too late to talk about it. We gotta go. It's not yeah. really relevant whether he believes it or not, I don't think. Well, it's not relevant whether he believes it, but Tensoon's dead at this point, so he can't be like, oh, yeah, that was me. That was me, y'all. My bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. He didn't even get to use the barns again after that. It's like they nope. had a point yeah. of dragging them around everywhere, and he just didn't do anything with them. Well, and I was going to mention, because it's actually it's in the annotations, but I, could, I couldn't say it because it would have been cool. kind of a spoiler, that uh, Brandon initially had Tensoon just go and rebury the bones where he found them in Luthadel, and then like his uh, beta readers were like, what those are super like valid. I mean, they could be useful to him later. Why would he just bury them again? He should take them. And so he kind of took that suggestion. Was like, okay, I guess I'll have him take them. I know he's not going to use them, but if everyone thinks that it doesn't make sense for him to leave them behind, then I guess he'll take them. Yeah, he should have said, "Forget you guys. I'm doing what I want to do." <laughs> but, I'm giving uh, my buddy's girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, giving my buddy's girlfriends and killing off your two favorite main characters who were in love. That's what I want to do. <laughs> But uh, then, then he's like, oh, by the way, Demu, you and all your men are Alamancers now, so get some metal and figure out what you are. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Sazed, who wakes up in a room full of mistress. He's like, what the f- Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was kind of – yeah, I was kind of shocked that, uh, you know, he's unconscious there. They didn't try to nibble on him. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up. There's one just attached to his foot sucking away. He's like – Ew, 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 get off, get off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, not again. <laughs> Happens to me a lot. I guess I they had to say, you know, he wasn't out for very long. Yeah. Does Otherwise, it would have, have been a life uh, scenario. Yeah. Does anybody have the number for that father-son ex- mistreath exterminator p- group? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jed, I ain't never seen so many damn mistreaths, son. What do you think we ought to I- do? Oh, God damn it, Daddy. Can't we just get a broom or something? I guess we could. I guess we could. But uh, I think it's going to take a little bit more than that. You got like a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have electricity anymore. The Lord Ruler quashed it years ago. I don't know. Oh. Maybe, maybe we just light them all on fire. I don't, I don't think they're flammable, boy. Hey, wait. <laughs> Only one way wait to find out. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I heard tell they got a big bucket of acid around here somewhere. <laughs> I bet acid would okay. turn them things into mush. What do you think, boy? I think we'd give it a try, but where do you store acid in an underground cave? Where do you That's get acid That's a very good question. Cave? Yeah, we, we, I wish we could ask them, but they're all mysteries, so I guess it's not going to be something we can ask them. Oh, God damn it! Well, one time you want to talk to them. I don't know where to go from there. Okay. <laughs> and it's the last episode. We got to bring him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but Saze, okay, Saze realizes. Like yeah. <laughs> Saze realizes, like, oh, they did all this. Like, I, I, I figure out what happened. They took all their stuff out to so they wouldn't get taken over by Ruin. They did this to protect the Adium, but now they're all gone. So I better go protect the Adium. 
except that when he gets to the room, there's like 20 conjure hanging out in there working to lift up the plate that covers the adium. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, crap. I mean, obviously, some of them either wouldn't have heard or wouldn't have been like fast enough to obey to stop themselves from getting taken over by ruins. So, OK, these guys are not going to be friendly. But he also notices that they left his sack of metal mines just sitting in the corner after they captured him. So he's like, hey, yoink. And then he slams the doors closed and makes himself heavier and stronger to, like, hold them shut while the 20 Conjurer are trying to break out. And it's like, OK, this is a good, very short term plan, but I'm going to need a, a, a better plan real soon. Mm-hmm. Very comical moment where, uh, you know, Ellen comes in and says is just standing there and he's like, wait, is that says what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we come back to Ellen and he's interrogating the two guys who saw Kelsier and they're like, no, it totally looked like Kelsier. But uh, he starts hearing a voice. Well, first, uh, Damu reports that, by the way, there's Coloss coming this way. A lot, a lot of Coloss. And then he, Ellen hears voice saying, Ellen, come. And so it seemed like Vin's voice. So he's like, hey, get me an honor guard. Uh, I got to go. And Damu's like, what? He's like, just just do it. I can't answer your questions because I don't know the answer to this question. But yeah. Also, I'm the king. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to explain everything. So they find a cave and a room full of mistwraiths. And Ellen's like, this is really weird. Is this like, do mistwraiths live in holes under the ground? And we just never knew. And it's like, what are, the, what are those two guys at the corner doing with that broom and acid bucket? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at there, Janice the king. Oh, and God, then... Dad. He's going to execute us. <laughs> uh, I think we'll be all right. You're looking good, sir. <laughs> just Love that white coat. <laughs> but yeah, he stumbles upon Sazed. And he's like, Sazed? And he says it's so distracted by Ellen's random appearance that the, he lets the door burst open and the conjurer start to run. He's like, no, don't let him out. <laughs> it's very like, no, <laughs> it's like the, all the dogs are escaping. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> Round him up. And, uh, and Ellen's sitting here like, OK, either that's sazed or it's a conjurer who ate his bones. Uh, I'm, I'll just go for it. I'll just go with it. Pretend that that's sazed. It's fine. Very quick say, on his feet when he when he says oh, a whole bunch of translucent skinned Condra. He's never seen him like that before. He's like, what the fuck? Oh, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't think he'd probably ever seen them like that. I mean, they did have a venture Condra. Presumably, it never walked around like looking translucent. Yeah. Yeah. By venture Condra, you mean Tenson? Yeah, I do mean Tenson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like say like, so how did you find me? Oh, they have no trouble rounding up these these Condra. They're, they're just, the Condra weren't particularly good warriors, and their weapons were made out of metal, so it didn't take long yeah. to subdue them. Yeah. It's like, well, that was easy. Well, uprising vanquished. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> is it the last time Kanpa gets mentioned? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, because they, 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 like, crush their bones, and it's like, now they can't regenerate. Yep. Yep, breaking their bones <laughs> to keep them from healing and escaping. So they're just blobbing around on the floor. It's, yeah, it's just a very yeah. ignominious end for Kanpa. It's like, I will conquer the home. Ah, oh, my bones, my bones are broken. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my bones. Well, you know, he came in about the bones. He came in randomly and annoyingly. He left uh, quickly and quietly. That's that's the way it should be. Yep. And so it's just like, how'd you find me? And Ellen's like, I honestly have no idea how I found you. So wh- wh- where are we anyway? <laughs> And it's like, oh, this is the Conjure homeland, also where uh, the Lord Ruler's Adium stash is hidden. See? Over there. Oh. <laughs> and Ellen is like, damn it, now? Now, when it's completely useless as we find it? Ugh. Oh, but it's not useless, Ellen. But what is actually useful to Ellen is the fact that there's 
enough cave space down here to get all his people in before the Koloss show up. It's like, where, where the other Kandra object to us taking over their home? I don't think they're going to mind. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to do if they do mind anyway? Even if there are some Kandra left and they didn't want to let you in, what are they going to do? Yeah, they're blobs. It's, yeah, it's, it's a non-issue. <laughs> Again, you'll have, you'll have that one who was just in the corner, didn't realize what was going on, comes out, and it's full of humans. He's like, what the hell did I miss? <laughs> yeah. You guys What's up with those really wrinkly bodies? blobs? <laughs> uh, well, they're the old blobs. The OG blobs. The OG blobs, exactly. Also, this may even be longer, I guess, than that previous epigraph, but uh, this one actually, I think, gives us some cool information because it talks about how the mists were snapping people. And even back in the day before the uh, before Lendi and Rashek and the, everything, the mists were also snapping people. And uh, that was the only way actually back then, because Alamancy was so buried in genetics that uh, the regular beatings and stuff that, that we use now or that they use now that we use. Like, yeah, I beat people, you know. Yeah, we beat people all the time. Yeah. Uh, e- even that wasn't enough to bring it out. So, uh, but... I thought it was interesting that it's like, so preservation left the mists on autopilot, basically, and they're snapping people, and Ruin couldn't stop that. But what he could do was help the mists and make them stronger, so they started coming during the day, and that is the deepness. So I don't know that we'd actually talked about it. It's like, okay, so if all the mists are preservation, why the deepness that's destroying the world? Like, why would it do that? This is why it would do. Honestly, I feel like yeah. we've kind of forgotten about the deepness a while ago. Right? It was such a big deal yeah. in the first book, and we're like, what is the deepness? I still wish it was a tentacle monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it turns out it was just a redhead. Yep. <laughs> With bad hair. <laughs> okay, and then we cut back. Vin turns towards Ruin, and she's like, ha, look what I did. He's like, whatever. You can influence a single minion. Why don't you check out all of those Coloss down there, Vin? Have you, have you counted those? There are hundreds of thousands of those. I could have... Yeah sent those at any time i've just been messing with you this whole time mm. oh ron you're such a stereotypical villain grandstanding <laughs> he's honestly he's really reminding me of melva from that one feature armor episode he's <laughs> <laughs> like look at my collection of coloss he found a way <laughs> he's even like a misty energy field yeah it works it totally does yep and once again, Vin can't do anything. She tries, and he stops her, and, like, connect, touching each other kind of, it says, it threatens to dissolve, so she pulls back. And he's like, yep, opposition, balance, you'll learn to hate it, I suspect, though preservation never could. And we cut to Ellen, who's like, huh, so this is the body of a god, huh? And so he's like, yep, that's that's the thing. Ruin is going to come for that. He can't help but do it, so uh, it's part of him. That's what he's been looking for this whole time. And Ellen's like, so that means we'll have, like, uh, a couple hundred thousand Coloss coming to kill us, huh? I say we give it to him. Which, that's a bold plan there, Ellen. And so he's like, no, 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 no. If we do that, it will mean the end of the world instantly. I'm certain of it. And Ellen's like, damn it, fine. Yeah. Say, he's just going to ruin on, rain on my parade with your logic. <laughs> <laughs> but Say's is confident. It's like, Vin will come. Vin's going to save us. I have faith. And Ellen's like, okay, interesting time for you to get your faith back, but whatever. In fairness, he, he hasn't hung out with Saze in a while. He's missed a lot. Yeah. 
and uh, Ellen, Damu shows up, and Ellen's like, "So, hey, uh, did you give your men medals? Like, what kind of what kind of guys do we got?" And Ellen, and Damu's like, "Yeah, none of the soldiers could burn any of uh, the medals, so I don't know. You must be wrong yeah, about that." Now they're Man. gonna now they're gonna die of metal poisoning. It's a real shame. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and Damu's like, "Yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna die." <laughs> Ellen's like, "What yeah. happened to like the whole having faith in the survivor and stuff?" And Damu's like, "Yeah, I mean, I believe in the survivor, but this this looks bad." Sometimes people just gotta die. Fair weather believer over here. He still <laughs> believes. He's just like, you know, the survivor mm-hmm. maybe doesn't want us to succeed. This yeah. is all part of Kelsey's plan. Yeah, that we die here. It's just like Yeoman where he's like all the the Lord Ruler, yep. this is all his plan. Even the bad stuff. Yeoman, yo man. <laughs> you guys need to stop believing in people who aren't that good at planning shit out. Yeah. Right? Kelsey had never planned a thing out in his life except for kind of how to defeat the Lord Ruler. I guess that was the thing. Right. He, he planned how to die. It didn't really work the way he thought. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's like, I'm going like to get backhanded that... really, really hard. <laughs> I like to think that Ghost Kelsey is up there going, See, guys, I made this happen. Look, look what I did. <laughs> oh, man. And Ghost Docks and Ghost Clubs are just like, Dude, shut up. Shut up. You got us killed. But finally, Ellen starts to put together uh, the puzzle pieces that I think I suspect by this time you guys were already on top of. We're just like, wait, so all of the guys you brought got sick longer than everybody else. And it was one sixteenth of the people and they're 16 medals. So what if they could all burn the same medal? And what if they were all sick longer because their medal was the most powerful? He's like, here, Damu, eat this and gives him one of the beads. And, I mean, he, he, he never, it probably never would have occurred to him, except that Yeoman had, has very recently proved that there is such a thing as an adium misting. Yeah. He handed it to Demu, and Demu's like, you want me to swallow this? He's like, no, it's a suppository. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we come back to Vin, who's like, oh, no, everyone I care about is about to be killed by all those Coloss. And she sees Ellen stand up and make his dramatic speech. His, like, uh, this is our last stand. I... They'll never take our freedom sort of speech. He's like, yeah, we're all going to die, but they're going to fear us first. And he charges at the Kolas army with his white cape fluttering behind him. And Vin's like, no, Ellen, are you crazy? This is not a smart idea, husband. (laughs) (laughs) This is not why I brought you here. (laughs) But uh, shockingly, they all light up to her vision and uh, start killing Kolas. And not just killing them, but it's like she keeps expecting Ellen to jump away after he's gotten some good hits in. But he doesn't. He stays and fights. Yeah. And then it's like, no, child, your back can't take it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Well. <laughs> no. It'd be like you, Hermes. <laughs> and she realizes Ellen has found an entire army that can burn Adium. So I don't know. Did, did Sazed or did Ellen or did Vin lead the army to the pits? Because the prophecy was about leading an army of Alamancers. Well, uh, Says pointed out the Adium stock to him, so... Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I would say that if anyone led the people to the pits, it was Tensun. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He did lead Says there, and that kind of set off the... Yeah, okay. Well, and he he told the guards, you guys gotta get out of here. That's true, too, yeah. So then we cut to Ellen, and it's like, Ellen was a god. He'd never burned Adium before. This was crazy. Like, he's just killing people left and right, no problems. And uh, it's like, man, this is crazy. Like, this is the kind of thing that 
for the entire history of the Empire, people of saving this and burning it only just when they need it. Ellen doesn't have to worry about any of that. He burns as much as he wants and kills all the Coloss. Definitely not all the Coloss, but lots of them. No. Yeah. And then, you know, the music kicks in. It's like, come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, the, our, our theme music kicks in. It's like, take it back. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, our theme music kicks in, uh, and we try, try, try. Wrong book. That, that kind of works a little bit, too, sure. And then, and meanwhile, Ruin is trying to stop Ellen, and Vin's like, nope, blocked. Ha ha, how do you like it? And she gives Ruin a speech where she's like, you said the only reason to create it is so that you can, like, destroy what you created. But no, we create things to watch them grow and love and yada yada stuff. The greatest power is love. Uh. Yeah, I was like, okay, Vin, go and teach the big <laughs> nasty god a lesson about love. <laughs> yep, that'll tell him. Yeah, teach this ghost Voldemort thing about love. But I like uh, I like that Says is sitting at the mouth of the cavern with like Garv, the leader of the Church of the Survivor, and Tara Stewart, and this other guy, and Asledin, the young woman whom Demu had apparently come to love during his few short weeks at the pits. See, there's where we we find out her name. That, she and yeah. Damon were in love, and they're all watching them the fight. They've had two dates. Yeah. They're, they're in there a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're infatuated with each other. Let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. They're still in the honeymoon period, though, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> Puppy love. <laughs> but Says is just there. He's assuring everyone, no, she'll come. The hero will come. And uh, we cut back, and Ellen has apparently been fighting Coloss for hours. He's getting a little tired. But not as tired as probably all the other guys in his army are getting because they don't have even pewter like he does to keep going. And he sees one of his guys go down in a spray of blood, which is gross, okay. And another guy dies. So just his his people are starting to die. They've killed thousands and thousands of Coloss, but he knew from the beginning that they weren't going to make it. They weren't going to beat all these Coloss. We're just going to clog these tunnels with corpses. Mm. And they can't and get in. Then Marsh shows up. With a cloud of Adium shadows around him, he's also burning Adium. And Ellen's like, yeah. oh, shit. Boss music. And then we come back to Human. <laughs> Human makes his first appearance for a while, and he's leading some soldiers, some Coloss soldiers through the tunnels and killing everyone in his path. He's I really like, enjoyed that we got a human viewpoint. Right? I know we joked about it a lot, but there were little little uh, phrasing in here that I was like, oh, Human. <laughs> yeah. I like he thinks about how Ruin is even stronger at controlling him than like the little black haired woman or whatever he calls her. Or yeah. the little humans. <laughs> More little humans. <laughs> and then we cut back to Marsh who's like, guess what I found? There I found a conjurer with a bag of adium and he was looking to sell it like a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Conpar! <laughs> See, Kampar is the gift that keeps on hurting. It's ridiculous. Well, how we ended the last chapter, the the last chunk that we read, we knew Kampar was yep. going to do something stupid. Says so what damage us. could he do? All of it. All the damage. <laughs> yeah. And so Ellen and Marsh fight. And like Marsh claims they killed Vin, which uh, I don't know if he actually thinks that or if, or if uh, Ruin's just saying that through him to like mess with Ellen's head. I mean, I guess maybe she's technically dead. I don't know. I mean, uh, Marsh was watching I mean, what she sort of just disintegrated. Yeah. Well, I think Marsh is being fed by Ruin here, and Ruin's probably just messing with Ellen because Ruin knows where Ben is. 
Right. Yeah, it's not going to work if Marsh says, yeah, she's in my head. She won't shut up. She's talking <laughs> about love. She keeps talking about love and friendship is magic. Oh, it's dumb bullshit. Did it ever tell I... you you're dating, a, you're dating a Care Bear? Yeah. I actually <laughs> like this the fight between Marsh and Nolan. I think it's a pretty cool fight. Yeah, this is good. And you, and I mean, you guys call it it's like Marsh is going to come back. We're going to see Marsh again. So here he is. He's still got like a hole where one of his eye spikes used to be. So it's like you can see, Ellen can see through his head as they're fighting, which is creepy. So why would this guy just die? <laughs> and I like at one point when Marsh is kind of when he's running out of his uh, adium and Marsh looks like he's going to win. Ellen's like, I get what like Kelsier must have felt facing the Lord Ruler all those years ago. Oh, and I kind of actually, I guess, skipped over the bit where uh, he starts getting fed Alamancy by Vin, basically, because he starts yep, running out of in the mist. Yep. And then he starts getting power and he looks up and he sees a brilliant personage of pure white with her hands on his shoulders and her head thrown back. And he's like, it's Vin. It's like Angel Vin helping me. And he burns the last of his adium along with uh, some Duralumin. And it says, sight, sound, strength, power, glory, speed. In a flash of knowledge, Ellen felt a mind-numbing wealth of information. All became white as knowledge saturated his mind. And he says, I see now. And he's got his sword in Marsh's neck, and Marsh has his axe in Ellen's chest. And Ellen starts to die. Marsh, on the other hand, is okay. His wound starts healing from his ferrochemical healing that he's got stored up. Yeah, and I think this is what was really jarring to me is because he uses the adium duralumin, and you think, oh, he's he's gonna be able to somehow win because that's gonna do something. Yes, and like then it this combination. Does. Yeah, and then it's just like he he instead he learns some greater truth about the universe and accepted dying. I was like, okay, well that's lame. <laughs> In my mind, since adium sees the future, he's kind of like seeing further into the future like he sees the whole plan laid out and how everything is going to go and where he fits in it and he's like oh okay i get it now that's that's why he had to die otherwise he was going to spoil yeah. the end of uh, rhythm of war or something right <laughs> he has to die so that everything can happen you know he's he's dr strange in it over here he's like i've seen all <laughs> the possibilities and we only win in one so you better make that one happen and then i'm gonna nod at tony stark at just the right <laughs> moment and Tony Stark's going to realize, oh, I got to do this thing. And then, you know, so everybody's saved. Tony Stark in this? <laughs> no, because uh, Ellen didn't nod at Saves. Okay. He just got That's his head cut off. Marsh starts talking shit as Ellen dies, which it's like, come on, man. He's like, our Kolos rampage into the caverns. Your medals are gone. You've lost. And Ellen's got enough life to be like, lost? Really? You have no idea what was going on. And we cut back to human, and he finds the pit is empty. And I don't know, had you guys figured out what they were doing before we got to that point? Yeah, yeah. As soon as, like, it's like Ellen's, like, burning out of him as fast as he can, and then ducking back into the cabin, like, for more. I'm just like, oh, they're doing what I thought had happened ages ago, and it's yeah. actually all been expended. I was yeah. like, when you kept saying like that, I was like, that's almost kind of right. I was ahead of the, I was ahead of the game. Yep. I, I actually didn't know that was what was going on until... Ellen is like, his men started dying because they were running out. I'm like, why are they running out? Why don't they just go back and get more? And then I was like, oh, there is no more. See, I think the first time, because Ellen had just been talking about how he's getting tired and Pewter can only do so much. 
So I was like, oh, are they running out of adium? They don't have enough pewter or they can't burn pewter. So they're tired and they're dying because of that. Like they can't make it back. I, the first time I read it, did not get what was happening until we get to that part. And the, it says the pit is empty. I was like, oh, my mind explode. I get it now. And Ellen's just like, adium, where's the adium, Marsh? It's gone. Tell your master that, sucker. Yep. He like takes his finger two fingers and squeezes Marsh's nose. It's like, got the adium. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like, like them adiums? Ruin's body's gone. We burned it all away. That's now it's going to take win. like a thousand years to come back. Eat it. And Marsh screams and chops Ellen's head off in retribution for that. Oh, you can't eat it. We already did. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Joe here, though. I had to read that line a few times. I was like, what? <laughs> Ellen's dead. Huh? Also, getting decapitated just sucks. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, are you speaking from experience? <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm like uh, I'm like that alien on Men in Black. Oh, yeah. Do you have any idea how much that stings? <laughs> and I like, as soon as we cut back to Vin, Ruin's like, how do you like that? Huh? I killed him. I ruined everything you love. Suck that. Like, he's pissed it's off. Total Melva. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's like, more like episode nine, dumbass. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but Vin doesn't take it too hard. She's like, I, I lost him like years ago. And Addy or Adium, Alamancy gave him back to me for a while. But she does on borrowed time. realize now what she can do and why. It's like preservation couldn't destroy him. It's just it was written into his power. Preservation preserves. He can't destroy. So. Preservation needed someone who's had some ruin in them, something or someone. That's why he wanted to create these humans who were part preservation, part ruin, but a little more preservation than ruin, because that was the only way to destroy ruin. And uh, she, she makes a big speech about how this is all preservation's plan all along. And then she ends with like, and you made one big last mistake. You shouldn't have killed Ellen. He was the only reason I had left to live. Take that, all my other friends. Yeah, well, you know, she loved she loved him. It's 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 really yeah, cool. yeah. Take that, spook. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to be king now? He's got Beldry. It's fine. Yeah, what a prize. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, she even did a bit of a roll call, like who was left. It's like, oh, right. not many left. Yeah, well, all right. Yeah, she's <laughs> kind of lamenting everyone they've lost along the way. My favorite thing about that is like she's talking about oh yeah all our friends like who who died and everything else. Did she mention Yedin? I was like really what what who's who laments that guy? <laughs> no no one liked Yedin. Just <laughs> yeah, but he was part of the crew. Kind yeah. of yeah, and he you know he had the army that they trained, the foolish foolish army. Yeah, but it's it's actually funny. I guess I can mention it, but there's. Brandon has like when somebody asks something about like uh, Spook or descendants of Spook or whatever, he's he's either stated or implied that Spook was like kind of a stud when he uh, at, at later on in life. So I don't know that this relationship with Beldry like either lasts or maybe it's just not like a monogamous thing. But it seems like oh uh, there's God. an implication that Spook hooked up with lots of girls. Yeah, that's just what we need more Spooks. <laughs> <laughs> God, but we imagine an army of children all talking in that slang. Ugh. We end this chapter with uh, Vin bids farewell to the world and pulls Ruin into the abyss with her. Their two minds puffed away like mist under a hot sun. And then a very short epigraph, finally. 
Or it's like, once Vin died, the end came quickly. We were not prepared for it. How does one prepare for the end of the world itself? Again, and say... Like the, the epigraph here is just like, uh, just making sure, in case you didn't get that, Vin dead. Yeah. Just FYI, that's what just happened. So there's no questions. And it's, it's also, it may have been for me the deciding moment where it's like, oh, I guess Vin really isn't the hero of ages. Because he's just like, yeah, after she died. Yeah. Mm. We cut back to Sazed, who's still in the mouth of the cavern and still sure that Vin is going to come. Everyone else has run away, calling him a fool for waiting. And only Demu is uh, there. He actually managed to make it back after his adium ran out. He lost a part of his arm, at least, and his leg has been crushed. But uh, he's waiting for his girlfriend to return with more bandages. Yeah. And Sazed is just like, no, she'll come. Vin's going to be here. Yeah. Timo's like, hurry it up, will you? Bring me a sandwich, too. <laughs> Something slumps down next to Ellen's corpse, immediately followed by a second figure. And so he's like, ha, I knew it. I knew she'd come. And he, he runs out there. He he made sure he had his copper mines on because he's like, something important might happen that I need to record here. And he finds dead Vin and another dead guy, some redheaded guy who he does not care about in any way. <laughs> some rando. <laughs> and he's just like, no, Vin can't be dead. Which, yeah, he's had a lot of faith in her in the last little bit. So uh, it would uh, be kind of unfortunate right after you finally found your faith again to have it immediately defeated by the fact that the person you thought would rescue you is dead. It just comes back to Yeoman, just like like after knowing of all these gods that like he couldn't see, uh, say started to believe in one that he could. I'm like, huh, Yeoman was onto something there. <laughs> oh, hold on. I was going to touch on this. So I, I kind of forgot when we passed it. But... Uh, Brandon mentions in the annotation, it's like, so I wanted to have this, this section showing the awesome power of Adium and how, like, they could slaughter thousands of people or co-lost with it. But I also wanted to have them lose. Why? Many reasons. Because violence may work to solve some problems, but it isn't always the answer. In fact, it's often a poor answer, even if it's the only answer. Killing Kolos doesn't solve anything in the long run. And he's like, I had to show off how amazing Adium could be. But I figured that most fantasy novels would get to this point and the characters would pull out the ultimate hidden weapon and save the day. And I did not want to do that. Basically, the River Tam moment. Oh, River. Uh, sorry. You said River Tam. And I was thinking of like a river called <laughs> Tam. I was like, what is he talking about? He's talking <laughs> yeah, about like, Tam from, uh, <laughs> from the, the Wheel of Time books. But no. OK. Yeah. You'll have to excuse data listeners. He doesn't like Firefly. Uh, yeah. No, that's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a joke to turn them against you. <laughs> Thanks. That's uh, that's nice. Yep. That's what I do. I turn people against each other. I am ruin. Uh, he all, uh, <laughs> Brandon also talks about uh, the decision to kill Ellen and Vin. He's like, so killing Ellen and leaving Vin alive would have been, in my opinion, even more tragic than what happened. So, uh, but there's only two ways that Ruin could have died in this book. The first would be to give up his own life, like preservation, and I don't think that's very likely. And the second is the one I've been subtly pushing the reader towards from the beginning, because they're such opposites that you can only destroy each other by, like, destroying both, basically. Okay, and then we cut back to Sazed, crying over Vin's dead body, and pissed off. He's like, this is... Is this how it ends? Your hero is dead. This is how you leave us? And then smoke starts leaking from Vin's body. And also the other rando body that he still doesn't care about. He's like, that other guy over there? And he starts putting stuff together. He's like, the prophecies use the gender neutral. Maybe because the hero wasn't really either one. The hero would be rejected by his people. 
yet would save them, not a warrior, though he would fight, not born a king, though he would become one. And I have to point out, in case anyone forgot, Ellen and Vin are dead, so Sage is emperor now. Yep, he was next in line. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But Sage's just like, I can't I can't be, like, the, the hero. I, I don't know any better than the Lord Ruler did. I'll just screw everything up. And then he thinks about the words of the prophecy saying that the hero will bear the future of the world, not on his shoulders, not in his hands, but on his arms. And he's like, oh, I don't know if anyone else ever thought about that weird phrasing as we went through these books, because it is mentioned several times. I just assumed that was the terrorist people like in their flowery language. But if you go back to the final empire, the very first epigraph they say I will hold the future of the entire world on my arms is the first uh, like this is the second paragraph of the of the first book. So it was built in all the way back there what the ending would be. Clever. And so, yeah, we talked about it. He he takes both ruin and preservation's power and he dumps all the knowledge from his copper mines into his head as his as his consciousness expands. And he uses pieces of each of these religions, the one religion who like worshipped trell and like the thousands of stars where his eyes had like these star charts that showed him where the world should be in the cosmos basically so he could move the planet back to where it was supposed to be the 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 people who made maps religiously who were mentioned before showed him what the world used to look like people who cared a lot about death had like made detailed drawings of the human body so he knew what they were supposed to be like so he could fix or undo the changes that Rashek made to make them able to survive in the ash. He could bring back plants and flowers and all the animals that were supposed to be there. And then he kind of he he at the end of the chapter it kind of notes well first he realized that these powers kind of belong together. How were they ever split in the first place? But he realizes that like it the power that he has is not like what the Lord Ruler took because it doesn't drain away. He keeps it. And he's like, that's what the Hero of Ages is. It's like someone to watch over everyone, not once come once in the ages, but to span the ages. Neither preservation nor ruin, but both. God. First I met God. Then I then was, was God. God. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the final epigraph about Vin was special preservation prepared her from a young age she apparently snapped during childbirth a difficult childbirth and brandon says in the annotations he included that because people had been asking him for a long time like when did she snap so he's like i'll put that in there somewhere <laughs> well i think we'd all sort of assumed that it was when the sister was murdered you would think that'd be very traumatic yeah yeah uh, and so he's like also i think that the power at the well of ascension was meant to be in a tuning force to allow someone to take in the mists but she did do it earlier than that when she fought the Lord Rulers, so there's a mystery there that I still doesn't quite understand. But he ends up, he's like, I just wanted to make a simple acknowledgement of the woman who held the power just before me. Of all of us who touched it, I feel she was the most worthy. Tear. Yeah, it was a nice thing to say. And then we cut to Spook for the final point of view. And he wakes up, and he's all healed. And Beldry's like, what the? And Breeze is just like, hey, you're looking good, man. And Beldry's <laughs> like, that's all you're going to say? He's And Bree's like, dude, with all the shit that's been happening lately, a simple healing is pretty mundane. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Breeze. And actually, there's uh, Brandon has answered some questions about, and we see Damu in a minute here, and it doesn't explicitly say, but he's kind of fixed up from the damage he took. He's got his arm back and his legs no longer crushed. Sazed wanted every, like, knew that rebuilding the world would be difficult, so he wanted them to have the best shot. He healed 
most people of issues that they had. So like he fixed up Damu, he fixed up Spook. He, uh, I believe Brandon has said that he fixed Set's legs. Oh. So. oh, he can finally run away from Han. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that because I don't think Set actually shows up in this epilogue. No. So I'm just like, no. Did, what? Did he make it out? He did. Yeah, he uh, was just hanging in Fadrix with with Ham, and then yeah, he, he must have been in the, in the cavern with Ham. But he does make it. And Meow Meow. I don't know. I don't know about Meow Meow. Uh, I suspect that he did. But yeah, they 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 decide to go out and see what's up. And they get out there, and it's green grass, like, up to their thighs. It's some tall grass. And they're like, and the sky is blue? This is all really weird. Breeze is like, I bet Vin had something to do with this. That girl never could do things the proper way. <laughs> and then they spot other people, and there's Ham. And I'm just like, Spook, what what are you doing here? And Spook's like, I don't know, man. I was in Urto last I knew. And Ham's like, I was in Fadrex. What is going on? But uh, Sazed has moved all of the – and he mentions that in his, like, reshaping the world scene. But he, like, moves all these bastions of humanity into one spot. Mm. Yeah, that would probably be the best way to make sure people survive. Right. And Ham's wife made it out, too. He sees her coming out of one of the caves, which I think she was in the Luthadel ca- cavern that got buried under the destroyed uh, Lord Ruler's palace. Mm. And then they find Damu, who's standing there uh, with a pretty terrorist woman holding his arm. And he's like, I-, I was in and out of consciousness, so I'm not real sure, but I'm pretty sure I saw the survivor. It had to be him, hanging up there, glowing. He came, just like Sazed said. That's not what Sazed said. No, no that's not. <laughs> yeah, it's also not what happened. Good try. <laughs> and, uh, and Spook's like, where's Sazed? And Damu's like, I don't know, Lord Spook. Wait, Spook? Where'd you come from? <laughs> He turns to his girlfriend's like, how good were those drugs you gave me? <laughs> <laughs> and then they see the flowers that have been brought back. And Belcher's like, wow, they're beautiful. Hang on, hang on. You missed that Ham and Breeze like, go to catch up and already start arguing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, already, that's, already that's the arguing most beautiful about something this. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes me happy. It's beautiful, man. In the background, Seth's just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, Ham found someone else. <laughs> Set is probably, if he really got his legs back, he's probably completely, like, taken up and distracted by that. He doesn't care about other people enough to... Yeah, I guess. He's jumping up up and down in the cave, like, oh my god, this is awesome! (laughs) Spook picks up a plant, and Beldre's like, what's that? And he's like, I don't know. We'll call it marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) But they come to the center of the flowers and find two bodies laying there holding hands, both dead, and Breeze and Ham cry out and start checking them. And Spook is an asshole and doesn't care and finds a book to read instead. And the first page starts with, I am unfortunately the hero of ages. And this is the book that we've been reading in the epigraphs the whole time. I mean, ignoring the corpses and going straight for the book, it's what Ellen would have wanted. Probably true. Yeah, someone had to take up the thick books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he spread his thick book around, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. But Sazed knew that Spook would pick this up and left him a special message. It's like, I tried to bring them back, but apparently fixing the bodies does not return the souls. I'll get better at this with time, I expect. Uh, But I've spoken with our friends, and they're quite happy where they are. They deserve a rest, I think. Which I I can agree with that, sure. This book contains a record of blah, blah, blah. Also, if you look over there to your right, like he even knew which way Spook would be facing when he picked this up and read it. It's like, (laughs) if you look to your right, uh, there's a giant pile of books that is all the knowledge from my metal mines. 
Do not let that be lost. He may not have known, but he's got Ruin's ability to rewrite uh, things, not set metal. So he's probably watching watching Spook pick it up and just gone, oh, shit, hang on, hang on, I'm going to change that. (laughs) I think you'll be surprised at the number of people who fled to the storage caverns. Rashik planned well for this day. He suffered much beneath Ruin's hand, but he was a good man who ultimately had honorable intentions. Bullshit. Mm, okay, whatever. I still don't come out of this book going he was a good guy. No. 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 Most certainly not. He's a good guy in the same way that Reen was a good guy. I think maybe Sage is just being magnanimous here. It's like the Lord Ruler's long dead. We can we don't have to hate him. We can just, you know, be thankful for the good things and move on. Uh I mean he definitely did think that helped, but Yeah. yeah, No, absolutely. Doesn't stop who'd him from being asked. Yeah, who'd have thought the terrorist that took down the Lord Ruler would become a Lord Ruler apologist? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. But I, I like he's like, know that the message you sent via Captain Gordell saved us all in the end. The people will need leadership. Yeah. Likely they will look to you. I don't know why. Right. Exactly. Also, that's one thing I want to talk about. Who gave the message to to Spook? Isn't that a good question? Mm-hmm. Well, Cause... I assumed it was Kelsia because, like, they make a note here that Kelsia asked Zays to make him a Mistborn, so I assumed that Kelsia yeah. was... Kelsia watched him the whole time and was like, that's not me. Shit, can I talk to you <laughs> properly? Yeah. Because, uh, like, Kelsia would right. hate someone stealing his thunder. Yep. I mean, Damu near death thinks he saw Kelsia as well, so... Well, Damu's full of shit, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we also had, had the moment where Spook, like... A voice is in his head being like, I named you. You were my friend. Wasn't that enough? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Kelsey who sent him the message. I mean, yes, I've made you a Mistborn and healed the damage you did to your body by flaring tin. Uh, it was Kelsey's request, actually. So consider it a parting gift from him. And then he mentions, by the way, there's still two medals nobody knows about. You might want to poke around and see if you can figure out what they are. Oh, yeah. Bloody I'm not going to tell you, even though I know everything. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what they are. Why don't you just figure it out? Well, and actually... Just swallow uh, some metals. Maybe you'll kill yourself with poison, yeah. but who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, maybe you'll get really sick and have really bad diarrhea. But guess what? I don't care. I'm I'm gone. It comes out in the in the in the second era, and it's not really a spoiler because it's revealed pretty much instantly, and it's not hidden in any way. It's actually there's two more metals and two more alloys, so there's four more total metals, so four powers that we don't know about. Oh jeez. There's 16 total still, but that's because Adium and any alloys of Adium were never really meant to be on the chart in the first place because they're a part of Ruin. They're not actually a part of yeah. normal Allomancy. Mm, so makes sense. We know Just of like now, but if the, you take Adium, whatever, off, there's four spots left. Yeah, Sounds I mean, like someone sense. couldn't Just like add. The... <laughs> Somebody couldn't add, Jamie says. Yeah, okay. That's that 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 might be it. Also, says <laughs> is like I I don't know. <laughs> there, there there's some number of metals left. Just just go with it. Brandon, there's 18 medals now. Uh, uh, no, no. One of them is the body of ruin, and 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 alloys don't count. Well, no, but it's actually interesting because the the Meladium, which is the the 11th medal from the first book, it's an alloy of adium and gold, and it does like what gold does, but to someone else basically. So you could, we found out, make alloys of adium and any of the other metals, and it would, like, kind of twist what that metal does in some way. Mm. Oh, great. <laughs> anyway, 
So Spook, uh, Beldry's standing there. She's like, you look troubled. And he's like, no, no, I'm actually not troubled. I think everything's going to be just fine. And that's the end of the book. I look troubled. It's only because I'm thinking about all the girls I'm going to sleep with that aren't (laughs) you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, yeah, that is the end of the trilogy. Um, And I like the final note in the uh, in the annotations is, uh, yes, Demu survives, as I promised my friend. Also, Ruin, like Preservation, dropped a body when he died. This is important, but I can't give you a decent explanation of why right at this moment. Oh, my gosh. And then th- at the very end is like, the first line of Say's book was not an afterthought. It can be found at the first epigraph of this book. I am unfortunately the hero of ages. Yes, Say's, you are. <laughs> Saw that coming. Yeah, Dak, Dak called that. We all did. That line. Yeah, well, no, everybody did. But you were like, no, that line fits with this other line so well. It's got to be. Yeah. So, yeah. That is the end. We talked. We've already kind of touched on what you guys thought about the the thing as a whole. Uh, any other thoughts about now that we've hit the end before we r- run into our predicaments for this episode? Nope. Okay. Nah. Good deal. So. I uh, wait. Wait. No. Me. Okay. Okay. Joe go ahead. Has something to say. Everybody, wait. Wait for me. Me. Bender. Yep. I give this trilogy out of ten possible ten points. Uh, 6.5. Okay. Fair. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Anyone else want to rate it out of 10 while we're rating, apparently? Not a, not, a, not a rating out of 10, but I will say, like, I think the books as a whole, I still think The Final Empire is my favorite of the trilogy. Hero of Ages is a very close second, though. I agree with that assessment. I, I, I think I lean towards Hero of Ages, actually, as my favorite. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know why. Couldn't really pinpoint it. But um, I think I enjoyed, I actually really enjoyed more the way this one was written and how, like, the, the epigraphs marrying up to what we were reading. Like, I, mm-hmm. it was it was sort of methodical and, and logical the way the information was presented, um, which I really like. So I like the wrap-up of this book a whole lot. Like, I think it ties things up very neatly in a very short space of time because we, before those last four chapters, we were like, we have no idea where this is going. And it, I think, manages to wrap it all up in a way that feels really satisfying to me. That being said, I think that if I'm remembering correctly, when the general consensus is that Hero of Ages is the best of the three, like, among the fandom, like, people like that one the best. Personally, I like The Final Empire. That is one of my favorite books of all time, which is one of the reasons that uh, we started the show with that, because I love that book. But that's just me. Okay, moving to predicaments. Joe had something that he wanted to predict, but... Uh, in addition to that, I was just going to say, what do you guys think that the next Mistborn era will be like? And what do you think, based on the very vague information that I've given you, we will be getting as we move into secret history? Those are the two directions for predicaments that I was going to suggest. Well, my prediction, my predicament kind of goes out the window if there's not much crossover. Um, the thing I was thinking about for a very long time since you mentioned it is that Daemu is one of the people we see on another planet in in this universe. Did, so Did I say that? Yep, you said that unless I'm misremembering. No, I I, I um remember that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> if, I, if if you say I said that, I believe that I said that. Uh so there's some other crossover there, some they're going to get off Skadriel somehow or if if it's even still called Skadriel. Call this planet Sazed Rock. Yeah. As for what's next, Mistborn era-wise, I thought you had told us that it was, like, Western-themed. 
yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I gave you that. that. I give you that much, but I just mean like beyond that. Like, what kind of story or something do you think oh. we get? Oh. Okay. Well, if it's uh, if it's western themed, I'm guessing the story's gonna have to do with uh, gunslingers and outlaws and uh, aliens. Lots of aliens. Okay. Um, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be <laughs> cowboys and aliens, but with mist, born stuff. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so the bigger prediction, and maybe this is the secret, maybe this place is the secret history stuff, I don't know, Sazed is, uh, you know, they keep talking about in the first book, like, Rashek is the sliver, is the sliver of infinity, or whatever. Um, so now, you have these two, two, uh, powers that have now become one. But Sazed mentions that he thinks it's part of something bigger. So now Sazed, whereas Rasha claimed he was a, sli- a sliver of infinity, I think Sazed really is a sliver of infinity. And a sliver is a part of a larger, uh, I guess if we're talking slivers, I'm going to say shard. There's like some kind of shard or gem of infinity that... Ooh, uh, infinity, infinity gem. Infinity gem. Yeah, basically. Uh, kind of, you know, think of it as a stone, if you will. Uh, <laughs> no, but there's, uh, you know, especially since their bodies were metal, that I don't know, it tends to lend itself to being shard, gem, stone, s- some kind of infinity thing. And so there's more than just this ruined power and this preservation power. There must be other powers, and maybe it'd be interesting to know. Maybe those powers are also in sixteenths. So the power of ruin and preservation is two sixteenths of the shard of infinity. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I like that. Uh, 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 because it brought infinity gems into it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now all we need is a gauntlet. That was kind of like what the battle was in the end. Ruin's just like, I am inevitably going to take everything over. And then Saze is mm-hmm. like, I am both of you now. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's coming in secret history. I am complete blank slate on that one, if I'm being perfectly honest. Era 2, yeah, because you told us it was like a Western. I was sort of thinking, all right, how's that going to work? Because I love my Westerns. Uh, I, the only thing I could pull out was like sort of the duel at high noon of the two guys out in the street. And what and like they're about to pull their guns out, but one of them's a coin shot. So like before he even does the quick draw, he's already fired a coin through his opponent's head. Thought uh, that might be sick. That might be cool. Um, but my actual prediction, and this one's a doozy. At the end of this book, when Sazed is looking at the bodies of Ellen and and Ruin and Vin, I couldn't help notice that there's another body that's like probably should have been there but isn't and is missing. So the best prediction I ever made was that Marsh would turn into an Inquisitor. And so I'm going to double down on Marsh. I think he's my lucky charm. Um, I think Marsh is going to come back in Era 2. Oh. Because they make a point that he, like, through Hemology, he has the powers of Ferrochemi and of Allomancy. And mm-hmm. the last, the only other person who had those powers was able to combine them into immortality. So I think that Marsh, he's free from Ruin's control. Maybe he's going to, like, try and make up for it and really become properly worthy of Mare, like he was, t- like he was talking Ooh. about. I think Marsh is still going to be around in Era 2, however many hundreds of years later it is. And I don't know what he's going to be doing. I can't see him like being out in the open like Lord Ruler was. Maybe he'll just be a Batmaning from the shadows trying to help people. But yeah, Marsh is still alive and he's coming back. So if you're going to... I like that, but mm. uh, didn't 
wasn't the Lord Ruler using Adium to store age? Wasn't that the only way he could? That you do need Adium to store age. Yep. Well, okay. So once we finished the book, I went and looked at the Ars Arcanum of like the various things, and it just said that he had the Adium spike through him. Ah, okay. So like the Adium spike was what stored age. So as long as he has the spike. He should yeah. just be able to do it somehow. I don't, I don't know how it works. No, you're, I'm sure you're right, because the Lord Ruler wouldn't have had spikes because he wouldn't have been wanting to be controlled by Ruin. So, Or if he did, he just had like one or something. So yeah. I, bet you're, I bet you're absolutely right that he can use the spike to store age. Well, also keep in mind that uh, when Marsh shows up to fight Elend, he's like, hey, look at this bag of Adium I got from some stupid Chondra. Yeah, which we don't think he burnt the whole bag. Yeah, true. So he, he's got a he mule loaded has, up yeah. with the stuff. <laughs> he, he, he stole that Condra's mule, and he's like, all right, come on, boy, off to the mountains. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I like that. That's uh, he, Other than uh, other than Sazed, who's obviously God, uh, that may be the only one that, if the next era is hundreds of years later, who else could uh, survive that long? Well, it sort of depends, because like, Says does make a point that the other people exist in some sort of mist heaven, so mm, they, yeah. they could they could still influence what's happening on Earth or on Skadrial, sorry. But uh, yeah, in terms of actually physically being on the planet, Marsh is really the only one who possibly could be. So mm. okay, I like that's interesting. Okay, mm. I don't have a lot other than that. I mean, I really like the idea that Marsh would still be around. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that. Era two will still be still be on schedule rather than someone somewhere else. But now you've got say sort of looking over things and the people are starting to, it's like starting again really to build civilization that technology will advance and that's where you're sort of going to end up going through your wild west. You know maybe they will have you know guns and things <laughs> that they they don't have now because Russia shut it all down like you couldn't right you couldn't. Um, do anything like that so i think yeah it'll be on the same same planet and potentially that's how we know about spooks times with the ladies because <laughs> he's got a lot of descendants running around <laughs> God, a yeah planet i'm not of really spooks. sure what to expect Sorry. <laughs> a, planet a planet of spooks, spooks. yeah it's like gonna all be the tiny benders spook the 25th is <laughs> spook the 25th is going to be the marshal of like the town Oh God! Yeah, what else was I thinking? I don't think like, I know. Sazed kind of drops the, you know, maybe I'll get better at bringing people back from the dead. I think Brandon's made it pretty clear before he didn't want to bring people back from the dead. Like once they're dead, they're dead. So I don't think we'll see. It, we might sort of hear of of these characters and people as you know what happened in the past, and you know maybe from a a god perspective you know, have some sort of interactions or see how they interact with the world. But I don't think we'll ever see them actually back again. Yeah, that's all really all I've got. I'm not quite sure where where to go from here. Mm. It's so wrapped up and neat and <laughs> the world sounds pretty nice now. Running yeah. through a field of flowers and blue skies and I hope they really just take their time and enjoy it for a while. It's going to take some getting used to, to have green grass and blue skies and nobody's ever seen this before. <laughs> All of a sudden, they need sunscreen. Right. And, yeah, all sorts of things they've got to work through. Okay. I guess uh, before getting to emails and stuff, for next time, 
And I'll, I'm, I'm going to remind you guys that when doing stuff in Arcanum Unbounded, there's lots of potential spoilers. Just make sure you just read whatever section we're reading and not like we're not going to get to the end of a story this time. But like last time when we read the 11th medal, I was like, don't even go on to the little like blurb uh, notes after the story, because if you had it mentions like you can see what Ruin was doing here in this story. Which would have been a big spoiler after the final empire because we don't know who Ruin is or that he's manipulating things at that point. So, so yeah, make sure you don't like read some other stuff accidentally is the point that I was making. So for next time, you're going to read what starts out with the Skadrian system, which is kind of the subsection that the 11th medal was under in the first place. There's a, there's a star chart that you can look at that shows the system. And then there is a short ish essay about the system. And that is the first thing we're reading. And then after you get to the end of that essay, you're going to skip over the two short stories. The first one's the 11th medal, which you've already read. So you're going to skip that. You're going to skip the next short story. It's called Alamancer Jack in the Pits of Eltonia. And you'll go to Mistborn Secret History. And you're going to read part one of Mistborn Secret History. And part one is like two chapters long. So that is what we are reading for next time. Putting in my bookmarks now. Okay, so we got two emails. We had one, and then while we were recording, another one came in. So, <laughs> uh, the first one, yeah, I know, right? The first one is from Sasha, and she says, "Ee, so close to the finish line." It's funny. One of the things I'm gonna miss is that song. Normally, I see podcast intro songs as annoying, delayed to the good stuff, but the one you have for Mistborn is both extremely suitable and really catchy. I often have it going through my head during the week. She says, you probably said the name in the first HOA app, but I'm not going back to check. The name of that song is uh, Take It Back, actually, by Miracle of Sound. It's actually the the redone version of that. Although, he's coming out with an even more redone version where originally, because the way he was contracted to do the song, he had to kind of shoehorn some references to the game in there. And now he's like moving away from doing strictly video game tied stuff. So he rewrote the song a little bit to be what he more intended, which was like a personal kind of facing your own internal demons and stuff sort of thing. So he pulls out references to Reavers and stuff like that and puts back in some of his original uh, lyrics. I don't know if I don't remember if he's released that yet or if it was just a preview for patrons, but that's coming up anyway. Sasha also says, I'm going to assume that the fact the first generation was able to have a whole conversation without Ruin storming in that Ruin cannot hear into sufficiently concentration, sufficient concentrations of metal either. Too bad Vin and Ellen didn't know that. They could have made a metal bunker for strategy talks. That's true. I guess we didn't really think about that, but they yeah. do talk out loud in that room and don't ruin, doesn't seem to be paying attention. She has a quote from me in one of the episodes, the only time in the fight when she really, oh, okay, yeah, this is when she fought the, misp- or the, the Inquisitors. And I'm like, the only time in the fight where she really got ahead was when she kills that one Inquisitor. And then, but she, she has his head. So when she got a head, she's like, did you do that on purpose? I'm surprised the crew didn't jump all over you on that one. Uh, Here, have a rotten tomato. Oh, puns. I did not do that on purpose. Uh, I didn't even recognize it until you said that just then. So Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's be clear. He's not that funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, like, I have, I have on the Discord, I have kind of, like, funny little summaries written up for each channel that uh or sarcastic little notes about like each channel and the other day uh angela was like hey i went and read through uh like the some of these things and and they're they're pretty fun i think data's funnier than we give him credit for 
And I'm just like, yeah, thanks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's comedy. You people out there. I see how it is. I'm not the funny one. I get it. Grumble, grumble. On the assumption that you are at the finish line in real time, here's my understanding about the whole body thing. Oh, because we're talking about the gods' bodies. One is literal and one is metaphorical. There's a flesh and blood body that we see that kind of shows up when they die. And their their general power is called body because it's what interacts with the physical world. I think we kind of got that. There there was a whole section that talked about how the power and the body are kind of the same thing. It's just... uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a weird thing to try to understand, especially since we don't have all the information that we're going to get later on. Sure. I mean, it's real God type stuff, right? You know, <laughs> like, you know, if you the Holy Trinity, spirit, flesh, mm. God. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the end of hers. And then our next our other email is from Bronson. And Bronson says, hey, gang, I've been enjoying the podcast as I go through my Mistborn reread. I'm on episode 48 where Vin and Ellen go to the ball. I'm curious if you noticed Vin wearing black, possibly symbolizing ruin, while Ellen wore white, possibly symbolizing preservation, similar to Rorschach wearing white and black. Also, I don't know why, but I'm dying for you guys to actually be surprised by a major twist because you figure all of them out so far. My predicament right now is that Jamie will figure out the secret with Vin's earring, but I'm hoping that no one does. Ha ha. I will probably be caught up this week. Keep it up. The show is awesome. Thanks, Bronson. I think Joe was the first one to call out the earring this time. Jared pulled that. Definitely was. Uh, anytime we hear, he emails and you say Bronson, I just think of Action Bronson. I think it's the first email I've seen from Bronson. I you've said his name before because there's Did no I? way I just made that up. I think you just made that up. <laughs> Maybe I'm back from the future or something. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, earring thing, way cool. I mean, I was and uh, the yin yang thing. I didn't think about it at that time. I just thought that they were kind of in in and of themselves kind of doing a like look at me and look at her it's like because you know if you're standing next to each other one's wearing all white and one's wearing all black you're both going to stand out yeah it's very con- contrasting we draw attention that's good and then we have a review from nt186 the title is all cut up here's your review thanks that's, that's <laughs> uh, sounds like a terminator name nt186 it kind of does yeah <laughs> As the great Frank Reynolds said in It's Always Sunny, they got good banter. This crew, <laughs> this crew has good banter as they delve into the Cosmere. Whether you are reading Mistborn for the first time or reviewing, this has been enjoyable. I hope you all keep the band together and get into the next Mistborn after the time jump as well as Stormlight. I this love third. It's Always Sunny. You, you've won my heart already, Terminator guy or girl. That was five uh, stars. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, I love Kitten Mittens but you really pierced my heart with your It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference. So you are coin shot. Nice. Okay. Also, we hope you enjoyed today's banter. <laughs> a little yeah. play from Jack and Joe. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, t- uh, we totally got to keep bringing those guys back. They're going to travel to every era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out Marsh isn't the only one who will survive to era two. Those guys yeah. will as well. They'll open up a, a saloon. <laughs> they they were in the cave down there in uh, with, yeah, with the rates, so they would have survived. Why do even you if think they we put them down no. there? <laughs> oh, Brandon <laughs> also mentions in the annotations. He's like, by the way, human and some coloss were down there in those caves too when everything happened. So I wonder what's going to happen with them. Yeah, see, and I was confused about that. I just assumed that Sace was going to destroy them. Maybe. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe but, they got restored. Uh, maybe to, maybe so. Maybe they're finally human. That'd be cool. Yeah, human gets to be human. He's gonna yeah. start like the House of Human, like a whole line of uh, of, of human. Yeah. Shout out to poet Let's... House of Batman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's like like he restores them to human. Do they get their old human memories back, or does he no. become that that yeah. bandit king he was again? I don't know. If that's the oh, guy dude, you in your new world, but uh. I don't know, man. Bandit kings are pretty cool. Uh, oh, dude, do they have a pirate era in Mistborn? That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, if if you ever read the Lies of Locke Lamora, like the second book in that series is very pirate themed, and I'm not a huge fan of pirate themes, so it's like my least favorite book of those, but. Uh, uh, just are are we reading those, or no, is that free just, for me to read? No, you, you could read that. I've tried to get you to read Lies of Locke Lamore before, because we named a kid after that book. But Oh, I didn't know that's where the name came from. Yeah. Uh, when you said that, I was picturing like a shipboard battle, like Pirates of the Caribbean style, where they're firing the cannons, and like they had, like everyone on the cruise is like, ah, oh, shit, we run out of cannonballs, now what do we do? And then they all just look at each other, and then all the coin shots line up behind the cannons and fire the actual yep, cannon. Yeah. Um, barrels over at the other ship and then the yeah. other ship is like oh god why <laughs> yeah or like the lurchers and coin shots work together and like reroute the cannonball midair to go back oh you oh, do like a water bending sick. thing where like yeah. they pull it one direction and then flip it around and throw it back the other way yeah yeah no there's not as of yet a pirate if brandon is to be believed uh, and doesn't write anything else in between then uh the next Era 3 is going to be like a 1980s sort of level of technology. Mm. So we may be skipping pirates. So mohawks, big big hair, metal music. <laughs> he does like metal music, apparently, so it could be. Well, metal music's all right. Uh, okay, so that was all that stuff. I think uh, we talked about next time before we actually get into the stuff that we read, we're going to do a little bit of best of predicaments. Just like I said, I have one of each that I've picked from y'all from early on in the series. And then um, I think that we covered like our feelings on the trilogy pretty well. So I don't know that we need to revisit that when we get there, but we'll, we'll take a little time at the beginning of the next episode to uh, do a couple other things before we get into, because the section we're reading, is not huge. So maybe a short episode next time. We'll see. And also, since we were talking about it, I was going to mention I have I have something planned for after Secret History. There's a very a very small it doesn't even qualify as like a short story because it's like maybe a couple pages long thing that we're going to read. But I thought uh, it's it's like a scene between two people. And I thought maybe we would. Uh, it's not even a published thing. It's like something that he read at a con. That's like yeah, this is kind of this is kind of this is like canon. But I was going to publish short of this thing and then i ended up putting all the information that would come out here somewhere else so i didn't end up having to publish it so a lot of the listeners might not even have read it so i was going to have us do this short scene like as a little play where dak and joe could play the main characters and uh it'll be oh, interesting I'm some possum hunters let's go if, if you do them with a possum hunter accent i i, I may hate you so <laughs> oh dana's not a fan of the puff no just not for this scene it wouldn't work in this scene is what i'm saying Maybe just do it doesn't work uh, anyway so that's that's something that you guys reminded me of that we yeah. have to look forward to oh you know what we should do deck i should try to do a crappy version of an australian accent and you should do an american <laughs> accent oh okay <laughs> oh my gosh somebody somebody added me on twitter or added us on twitter and was like hey are you since you don't listen to audiobooks, are you aware of like this group of people in one of the book series that canonically have an Australian accent? And Wait, so what? apparently there is like I almost said race, like uh, a nationality 
in the Stormlight books that a couple of characters that are major characters come from that a, the uh, narrator of the audiobook just did an Australian accent for them. And Brandon was like, no, I like that. We're going to make that like the official thing. So when we get there, <laughs> there's a group that has an Australian accent. That is accent. sick. Yeah. Are they like space Australians? Well, it's kind of weird because I've always read them and felt like it was kind of like a Hispanic sort of thing that he was doing. So it's it's, it's interesting that, that that's the way it's, that they went with it. I'm just like, oh, okay, this now, this is something that always happens when you listen to uh, other like like actors and voice actors trying to do an Australian accent when they're clearly not Australian. It's like, oh, how good was it? <laughs> yeah, I may have to like pull yeah. out find out now because I'm curious. Cause, I mean, look, I love Pacific Rim, the movie. And I love the fact that the Australian characters were some of the main characters in that movie. But by God, those accents were bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> what can you do? Get real Australian, Australian actors? actors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's what you yeah. do. Hey, I mean, Got an Australian I mean, accent, apparently. I mean, you know, like, uh, so I got cast in uh, an audio drama of X-Men playing Pyro. And I think a good contribu- contribution to that fact was, the, was because I actually have a native Australian accent. So... Apparently it's fairly rare. Yeah, it's interesting because you really don't. It doesn't even come up that often. Aren't the Wiggles Australian? The Wiggles are Australian, yes. Yes. They are a cultural institution. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the the one the 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 essay and the one section of secret history for next time. I'm gonna be really interested to see what you guys think as we get into this and you kind of realize what kind of story we're looking at. Uh, I'm kind of excited for that. And then um, we're going to be recording the next two episodes kind of back to back. So if you guys send in emails, uh, they may it may be a while before you hear them. If it comes in like after we've recorded those two episodes, just to let everyone know. If you would like to send us emails, thank you to the people who did. The email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can at us on Twitter, like I mentioned someone doing. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, all the sorts of places. Oh, that's also next week. I'm going to have the uh, the I try to say Alamancy and Ferrochemia, but it's neither of those. The hemallergy chart that we can talk about, too. So that's another thing coming up for next week. So anyway, come back for that. Uh, music by Miracle of Sound. And wasing to the time of next, everyone. As the tiles of steel and stone crumble to dust The foundations of our hope begin to rust Choking fear, screaming sound As a reaper comes to ground You turn to face it down Because you